Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, it's been a minute. Uh, did not end up recording in the, the blank week. What did you do with your extra spare time? Um, I dwelled on the fact that we said we were going to do a podcast and we didn't. To be fair, this time we said we might. We might, yeah. It wasn't. We weren't firm with it. We basically gave a, a a maybe to the RSVP of the FPL roundtable. So, anybody who is joining us, thank you for joining us again or rejoining us and waiting that whole two weeks. If you're sitting by your, you know, your wherever you get your podcasts from for the whole two weeks, you need to do something else with yourself. <laughs> just refreshing. Yeah. Just keep it, I know they're. I know they're coming. I need it. All my peanut butter and the, all the cans are already alphabetized in my closet. I need something else to do. <laughs> Also, to be fair, if people are that obsessed with the show, they know that we pretty much just lie about that constantly. We always think we're going to record in the off week. And, we and then it's did. like, oh, wait, nah, nah. You know, the funny thing is people who don't know us don't realize that we mean you actually have lives. Oh, that's true. It, actually, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. It's kind of that uh, teacher syndrome that kids yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Where it's hard for them to imagine them being anywhere but at school. So, like, yeah. you have, like, a passive thought that they just live at the school you're like wait of course they don't but like it kind of has that feel like we only exist inside people's phones why is mr stevens at happy hour because (laughs) mr stevens is cool (laughs) this isn't sociology what's happening yeah um (laughs) cool yeah i i uh also enjoyed my time off but now we are back uh uninjured (laughs) unlike the majority of players who during the international break picked up Knox. We're going to go through each of them, tell you who's been injured, and talk to you in a little kind of injury edition of either or about their potential replacements. So here we, we go. We need like an SVU sound after that. An injury go, go. replacement. Boom, boom. <laughs> Produced by Executive Director Dick Wolf. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll start with uh, the big one. News came out today. Sadio Mane, likely to be out up to six weeks um, saw the stat earlier today. He's only played eight matches for Liverpool in 2017 due to suspensions, international duty at AFCON, uh, and injury. Not so great. I think this is also the most interesting one because it could go a lot of different directions. Would you rather have uh, Daniel Sturridge or Oxlade Chamberlain? I mean, when you're lo- when you're looking at it, I mean the direct. You know, I know you're you're taking it down a segment. But I guess you're figuring that people already own a Salah or a Coutinho already. Mm. So I'm taking that into consideration by answering this. I mean, Coutinho would be the guy if you don't own him already. Uh, Mane, Mane at 9.4, owned in 10.9% of league. Coutinho 9.0, just went up 8.9% owned. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no real good answer here. Oxley Chamberlain has not shown out well at all for a, fa- for a fantasy perspective and, and in a real-life perspective. Uh, for Liverpool. Um, I don't think there's any way you could trust him to bring him in. Um, Daniel Sturridge is an interesting case. He he shows flashes and then he gets injured. The only problem is that he's at a completely different position and at 8.0. Yikes. Um, there's usable options at 8.0. I mean, he could spend that extra half a dollar and go get Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is that. But, you know, if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably take the punt on Chamberlain and hope that he's your fifth midfielder and you were just rolling in the in the money and punting at two defenders and you never have to play him but there there's no there's no replacing Sadio Mane 
at the 9.4 with a direct, you know, like a direct punt down to Chamberlain. Mm. Um, in real life, it's going to be Sturridge. In fantasy, there, there's no real option that's going to be there. I think this boosts the Coutinho ownership, and I think that people are going to be living high on the Salah um, for for a while because yeah. I think that's where they're going to go. I don't think they're going to look there this week, you know, with Liverpool hosting United this week, and United has the best defense in the Premier. So, I mean, this game for Liverpool does look a little choppy because they're losing basically, you know, their one of their, you know, their main sales. Yeah. Um, so, but there's no replacing if you own Mane on your fantasy team, you're not punting down to to a direct replacement on Liverpool with a Chamberlain or a Sturge. You're basically looking at Salah or Coutinho. So, so mm. I know I know you want a Chamberlain or or Sturge, but there's there's those are just bad banning. <laughs> well, yeah, the the well the options that I'm going to be listing are players that will directly take that spot. Yeah, and then yeah. and then we'll uh, go from there. Um, on to Arsenal. Uh, they lose Grota Mustafi. Um, he gets injured uh, off on duty with Germany. <laughs> Two options. Has already gotten a few minutes this year. I think he started the last match. You have uh, Rob Holding, who mm-hmm. got his chance last season, or Mertesacker, who has not yet played in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I, I think if you're, you know, if you're going into this, and I want to extrapolate on this more. There is a uh, un, unfulfilled information that we're getting that uh, Kolesinac is also injured, as he got injured in the the Bosnia Herzegovina game, mm. came off in the 46th minute. So th- this also has something to do with Mustafi as well, because if they lose both of their defenders there, um, it's basically an all 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 men on ship here, because then they only really have four healthy defenders, uh, you know, Bellerin and Monreal, and then Holding and maybe Murdasacker and maybe a half of Kashelny. Yeah. So I mean, basically everyone that's listed on the defensive chart for Arsenal in the official game is going to be thrown into action here. So basically, I'm I'm going with the cheapest entry point. If you want to always, you know, maximize on that potential, then 4.7 Rob Holding is my is my choice here. You know, Arsenal does they're at Watford, at Everton, and then home to Swansea. So they're not awful fixtures. I mean, I don't know how long ever, any of these people are going to be out because mm. it's not really been speculated yet, but. Yeah, because a lot of them haven't returned to their clubs. In case you're wondering yeah. why we aren't telling you a lot of these return yeah. times, yeah, I, I'd have to go with Rob Holding at four point seven. That'd be my choice out of the ones listed. Cool. I, since we're kind of expanding on this to include Kalisinac, um is is this a situation where even though they were starting to have an upwards trajectory, that without these players, it's not worth having an Arsenal defender because they will likely be less good without some of their better players. I think they were playing better as a unit. I think mm-hmm. that the the Kalisnak, Bellerin, Monreal trio was playing well enough together that that you didn't have to worry about the, the fourth member. It didn't matter. Those three were pretty much you know staple items for the Gunners. Um, but you know losing two of those, you know two of the guys that are possibly you know in the rotation for usual starts there, it's it's tough. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably look away. The only person I think I might trust is is Monreal now. Um, Bellerin for me is way too high priced at five point nine. Um, you know I, I wouldn't own Mustafi anywhere. Kashelny is you know injured as as he is right now, um, and he's six So I mean if if you're looking for an Arsenal punt and you need to move you know move money around, I, Rob Holding looks like a a, a good get right now at four point seven. Yeah, he he should be one uh, that people keep an eye on. Again, uh, kept four clean sheets in their last I think it was seven or eight matches last season mm-hmm. um, when he came into the team. So, yeah, definitely a guy uh, worth keeping an eye on. Um, now we're going to go over to Southampton. This may seem less important, but the guy that got hurt was never really fantasy relevant. His replacements could be. Would you rather have Charlie Austin or the great Gabagoo? Oof. I mean, it's such an awkward situation there. Um, everything I read about Southampton, I know you're talking about Shane Long here, correct, being injured? Uh, yes, but, indeed. Yeah, but you know the the great Gabagoo has done basically nothing this year in the minutes that he's he's done. He's got one was he have one goal one goal scored in just over four hundred minutes, I believe. Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, so I mean, he hasn't scored over seven points in a match. Um, listen, Charlie Austin is not the you know the prototypical you know six million dollar man stri- striker anymore. Um, but when he's on the pitch, he does things because he he's a presence, but he's not you know full fitness Charlie Austin anymore. Um, so, I mean, th- this is not a situation anybody's going to be looking at. Um, and I know Shane Long has gotten the, the previous couple starts there, and he's gone, you know, big minutes, 90, 82, 90 in the last two or three, and it, and with an assist, which is rare for a, a Southampton team that just, just doesn't score. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'd probably go. I think Gabbiadini gets the bulk of the minutes, and I think Austin is that is that stretch guy. Or if they're behind in games, he comes in and gives you twenty to twenty five minutes. Yeah, and that'll be really annoying because Austin may do just as much with his fewer minutes than Gabbiadini, but it's just so hard yeah. to own players that are coming off the bench. Impossible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for the Netherlands, they lose Davy Proper. Um, Potential replacements being Izzy Brown, who obviously had a great season in the championship last year, and Izquierdo, who I think is their uh, highest transfer uh, from the summer. Any interest in either of these guys, or are you just kind of avoiding the Brighton attack? Yeah, I mean, I've seen seen you know glimpses of both of those players. Uh, Izzy Brown came into a game and he showed a, showed a little bit of skill, but nothing that you're going to be, you know, ooh, I got to get this guy at five dot three. Um, both guys currently owned in 0.0% of leagues. So <laughs> the Izzy Brown and Izquierdo fa- uh, families do not play FPL. Uh, interesting enough, Izquierdo means left. So we're going to le- leave him out of this whole conversation. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, on to Manchester United. Uh, Fellaini dealing with a cruciate ligament issue. Seems like uh, uh, not a... Because usually when you hear about cruciate ligaments, it's a year, basically. Sounds mm-hmm. like this is just a strain, though. Uh, we do know that we're expecting about a month uh, out for Fellaini, which opens up some really interesting uh, choices in terms of who will go forward. I think the obvious pairing will be Herrera and Matic. Who do you mm-hmm. think would be more fantasy relevant in that pairing? Uh, it's. I think it's Herrera. I think Herrera has an opportunity now to monopolize on the preseason hype that he was getting Um you know, Josie fell in love with Fellaini playing, and he basically just took Herrera's spot. And then they signed Matic, and it basically just wiped him off the fantasy map. Um, at 5.2, Herrera could be a cheap entry point into the United lineup at 1.6% ownership. He's basically just a little bit more expensive than Fellaini, who was, who was at 4.9. Um, yeah, it's tough news for Fellaini. He was just starting to get in, into the thick of things with the United, you know, attack, um, and is, is a bargain at 4.9. Um, but I think Herrera can do enough, you know, auxiliary and tertiary things for United to to make him not a complete punt, but not a complete, you know, asset. So he's somewhere in between. You know what he is? He's basically the the decore of United right now. He, that's how I would, you know, he's his price is a punt, but he's giving you returns at you know at a discount. So that's mm-hmm. how I would label it. But uh, yeah, it's it, it'd be Herrera there for me. Yeah, I was a little disappointed um, in his official game performance last season just because he didn't create loads of chances. But if you're in a draft-style league or if you're thinking of DFS, Herrera becomes a really interesting guy really quickly because he finished in the top five of both tackles and interceptions last season. Um, to Stoke, Joe Allen's out. Um, looks like, a, I think it was a concussion that he suffered. Uh, got taken off at... Uh, uh, what was that? Oh, Island Wales. Man, really, really struggled there. Um, the interesting thing here is Stoke don't really have a good option at his position. They can move Jeff Cameron up to the midfield, uh, or they could try to bring Charlie Adam. Charlie they could try Adam, to bring man. Charlie Adam back in. I don't know about that. But if Jeff Cameron moved into the midfield, he's currently listed as a defender. He'd be one of the first uh, OOP guys this season. Does that does that bring any interest to you? The fact that he could get clean sheet points as well as playing further up the pitch, much much like uh, Eric Dyer two years ago. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing about Stoke is they have guys that they can shift around to to fill in Allen's spot. Um, you know, it's just a matter of them, you know, questioning if they're going to reposition or reform their midfield. You know, I, I you know Fletcher and Chupamoting are are pretty much knocked on Shakiri as well. Um, you know, it brings up the ter- it brings up the, my preseason love for Ramadan Sobi. I mean, mm-hmm. if he could scratch out a spot, a place in this in this squad, and and actually adjust his game to fit into where Stoke need him to be more that more of a you know a facilitator player than a yeah, wide if, if player. If they could move him centrally, because that's the issue, yeah. is yeah. that he looked on lock to get that left wing job, but then mm-hmm. they signed Hesse. Yeah, so. I, I think that if it's it's probably going to be a Charlie Adam play to start. And then when Stoke need the offense, I think Sobi is the play to get in there. Um, you know, same thing for Ibrahim Athalay. I think that if he wasn't such a wide player and he could, you know, if Stoke could, you know, go mold their midfield into something that he could, you know, basically adjust himself to, he could find a spot in there as well. I mean, Joe Allen's not going to be out for 100 years here. He's only got a concussion. So we're basically talking about maybe one or two weeks. 
Um, but you know, for for like a long shot play and maybe like a like a DFS play, you're you're basically looking at like you know if you basically pay attention to the lineups as always. But if, you know, if Sobi, Adam, or Affle are in there, you know their prices are going to be minimal, probably you know anywhere between three thousand and and thirty five hundred for a mm. Stoke team facing Man City, which is not a, a comfortable thing there. But you know, as a differential, they they could they could have some have some goods there. Yeah, um, Bournemouth have not been the fantasy asset many would like, except for Charlie Daniels. Basically, everybody else has been iffy. I've had that couple of matches where he looked really good. Um, so for them. This could go a lot of different ways, kind of like the Liverpool one. Uh, Defoe is already playing, so he's not really a replacement. But it could go a Phobie Stanislaus or finally give Ibe a full-time starting spot. Which mm. of them would you prefer out of that? Uh, oh, oh man. What's a group of cherries called? Like a cluster? Oh, that would have been so good if I had actually a, known that. A bunch? But a I bunch didn't. of cherries? Yeah. A bag of cherries? I don't know. A head of cherries? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a phobe. Uh, a phobe did score for their for their youth team, I believe, on the break. Mm. I think he scored for their under twenty ones or twenty threes or whatever it was. Um, but I think it'll be a phobe if King is is injured and, and does miss some time. Uh, like you said, Defoe is already in there, um, not doing much, but he's in there. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they could they could completely they could completely shift around. And I, you know, we've liked what we've seen from Jordan Ibe. Um, at 4.9, he could be the guy. He just qualifies as a midfielder. So if you're kind of robbing Peter to pay the midfielder Paul, uh, you can't really do that with Josh King. But, you know, I'm just saying that Jordan Ibe is probably the guy who would see the most beneficial minutes. But I think Ophobe is the is the direct replacement for King there. Interesting. Uh, we already discussed Kola Sinek. Basically, if there's an Arsenal player that's fit, feel free to move to him. Uh, then wrapping up with Chelsea, uh, N'Golo Kante looks like he'll be out for some time. Fabregas seems the obvious. He's the one that fantasy players would like to win that job mm-hmm. because of how impactful he can be. But you also have Bakayoko you spent a lot of money on in the summer. Who do you think gets more minutes there? Uh, I think Fabregas plays and Bakayoko does as well. I think that Willian is the piece, is the piece that's out here with Hazard coming back in. Um, I think Pedro will play up top probably with Murata missing some time with Bacha Uyi playing some time as well. But I think Bakayoko can just slot right into um a goal of Conte's spot and play in front of that or Chelsea can keep Christensen in the lineup and have David Luiz who is now returned play in that defensive midfielder role which he's done before so I mean there's there's options there that and Luiz could be a, an OOP player just like Jeff Cameron is because he has played that position before yeah. he has he's played that position for PSG so I mean it, it, there's options there. It, it, the one thing about Chelsea is they do have a lot of pedigree players that are on the bench. You know, they have Rudiger, who really hasn't cut his teeth very well. They have Zappa Costa, who's in there. He's more of a wide player, but he's probably could he could you know if they wanted to go more offensive, they could do Zappa Costa in there. Um, but I, I think it, it'll probably be either Rudiger or Christensen being either slotted in to solidify the back three, and then um, maybe uh, Louise moving up or Bakayoko moving up, depending on on who. Um, Conte has more uh, trust in. Plus, they also play midweek again, so that's an also th- another thing. Also, with the uh, Champions League games next week, so they have to think about that coming up because they have to worry about fitness and getting everybody in back from intervals for break and you know having them you know minutes minutes monitored. I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people should definitely keep an eye out uh, on that. Mm. Um, also, just a heads up for people. Uh, the European qualifiers, which is obviously the majority of the Premier League players are in, uh, the uh, teams that are going to have to be playing in the playoffs, uh, which is, uh, I think, November 6th. Yeah, November 6th and 14th are Croatia, Denmark, Greece, Italy, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Sweden, and Switzerland. So, uh, obviously, everybody will do the international break again one more time there in November, uh, but those are the teams. So, if you have players that are those nationalities, Obviously, you're going to know to keep a closer eye on them because of the amount of injuries we've seen this window. Um, just because, you know, obviously the ones in less meaningful matches you'd hope will be at less risk of being uh, risked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now that we're do- now we're done with injured players, can we actually get to some players who are not injured? Maybe just for some like either ors, maybe some just FPM knowledge or what? Yeah, I mean, we we could do non-international related either ors. Yeah, yeah. Because let's talk about the guys who are like actually fit and walking without walking boots. Oh, what crutches. sense does that make? Ah, oh, it's totally it totally makes <laughs> sense, dude. That's why you have podcasts. Talk about fantasy. 
It's funny. Kevin usually comes up with all the questions, and I talk for like ten hours. But I was like, I told Kevin, I was like, I did my homework today. My goat didn't eat it, so I actually have questions <laughs> for Kevin. Rob so, does uh, have a real goat. That's true. Can't yeah, confirm. yeah. You got, I got fresh cheese. I thought uh, Rob was the goat. Oh, uh, I am. I am. <laughs> but uh, so I, I formed some good questions for you, Kev. I'll actually, I actually have a goalie question here. So if we do either wars, you know, position, pick one, pick one. So at the back, Joe Hart or Elliot from Newcastle. Joe Hart. Has is has fixtures at Burnley, home to Brighton, and then at Crystal Palace, and then Elliot has home away at uh, Southampton, home to Palace, and then away to Burnley. Which goalkeeper do you like for the next three? Elliot, because he's cheaper. Is he that? But yes. But here's, <laughs> here's I, I, under, I understand it's 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 a cheapness factor. But Joe Hart being four four dot five, West Ham having clean sheets in three of their last four. Mm-hmm. Does not sway you a little bit that West Ham's starting to come around a little bit with their defensive prowess? Uh, not I know really. he's still Joe Hart. I know he's still Joe Hart. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Not not uh not not making me come around enough. Just trying to pull up uh, saves right now. I don't even see Joe Hart. Man, Joe Hart is definitely outside the top ten. Probably outside the top fifteen without me stopping to actually count. Um, so good, he doesn't even have to do anything. <laughs> that is an interpretation. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably go with uh, Elliot still there. Um, yeah, just uh, for for cheapness, and he doesn't have bad matchups either. Yeah, they're both um, they're both phenomenal matchups. I rate them probably about the same, you know, as opponent wise, because they basically have two of the they basically play the same almost the same three teams. Mm. You know, two out of the three of us are similar, so that's why I was saying that they're. You know, it's it's something something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and and also uh, worth noting that England looked much better with uh, Butland in that there were there were multiple uh, times, especially the back pass. I forget who, mm-hmm. who did it. Um, where if it had been hard, you it's very easy to imagine that being a goal. Yeah. So we we know that everybody likes to have three players from the dominant fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. You know, three Spurs, three Man City players. Who are your three Man City players right now? Well, first of all, Aguero back in light training today, which yeah. is kind of crazy pants. <laughs> that does not yeah. mean he's back this weekend, by the way. Saw some people already jumping on that train. I don't, I don't think he is Settle down. Yeah, nor do I. I um, think it'll probably be two weeks, really, before mm-hmm. we, we see him back, which unfortunately causes Jesus issues, uh, unless you think that they're just going to be a duo again, in which case feel free. Um, <laughs> seems like Sterling has locked in a spot. David Silva has locked in a spot. And I, you can... Trust City defenders now. Their their level with uh, Manchester United is the best defense in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Stones is probably over owned. I haven't looked at it obviously because I didn't know uh, <laughs> we were going to be talking about this. But I feel like Stones is probably over owned. But maybe maybe a sneaky Otamendi. Um, mm-hmm. I know Delph isn't listed at the right position. Unfortunately, if mm-hmm. he was like uh, Ashley Young and Antonio Valencia, he could have a lot of uh, upside. But Maybe maybe that's why Stones is on that highly is because well yeah Delph is Delph is listed as a midfielder just like Ashley Young is still listed as a midfielder oh is he yeah um see I spend too much time looking at goal stuff um, and John and John Stones is owned at eight in eight percent of leagues oh that's Kyle, not bad at all Kyle Walker fourteen percent Odomende fourteen point eight percent oh dang yeah the Stones mm-hmm. yeah I mean so so Stones Jesus and who's your who's no your I said mid- that Silva? Stones Sterling and Silva Stones okay. And so, then, but then it, it changes back to Aguero when he's back. I, I, I don't know. I just have this uh, trigger shy thing with uh, that J- Jesus. That Jesus. Yeah, I, I can see it. Uh, it's the, the, the conundrum for me is that that second that second midfielder. Um, I, I'm eliminating Kevin De Bruyne out of the equation because I think I'd rather have I think I'd rather gamble on a Hazard or Alexis being themselves mm-hmm. in the upcoming games. Uh, Silva for me is is automatic. I think he's the one. He's the first city player. I think I put in there. I think a city defender is 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 important. Um, going with Jesus is not really that important because I like you said. I think people can shift back to Aguero as when he's back, and I think Kane and Lukaku are probably you know neutralizing that effect. Yeah. Uh, um, also, so th- quick thing on uh, De Bruyne. Um, I have not been high on him this year. Uh, but his stats are are quickly creeping back to best yeah. in the league categories. Currently leads the league in chances created and accurate crosses. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I know he already has a goal and three assists in the last five, yeah. but he may have not fully caught up with what his form implies yet. So he he could have a couple big matches. But as and, you say, at, at his price, I just feel like you can get it elsewhere. 
and he was rested for 70 minutes today. Came in for Hazard mm-hmm. in the 70th minute. So there is that as well. So the, the the city conundrum for me is that 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 third player. Whether you, I think you definitely go defender. I think you have Silva as your your second or first, whoever you you ever want to go. And then the, the the question for me is, you know, the the Leroy Sané or you know um, Raheem Sterling. That, I'd like that would, Sterling more. I mean, that's the yeah. only way I can play this, just because of how temperamental he can be. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Sane is more of the for Pep. I think is more of the Champions League play, mm. especially when they have the Champions League games around the game around the fixtures like this week that we're seeing. So yeah, I mean, if you're looking for now, I'd, I'd say Sterling is your is your. But I I have Jesus currently in my squad, so he's my third. Mm. But if I didn't, I'd probably be looking at at a Raheem. Did Sterling. you bring in Jesus with the Aguero news? Uh, no, I brought Jesus in when Morata went down last weekend, okay. or two weekends ago. As soon as Morata went out, I, I trained, I did it that day. Yeah. So, um, okay. I got another, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, with Hazard being basically back, Chelsea having some good fixtures upcoming and Alexis basically being back in appearance. I'm saying that they're basically on, on the sheet. We know they're going to probably play unless Alexis gets injured tonight in the, the Chile <laughs> oh, game. Um, but who are, you, who are you going with on your team? You have the unlimited funds to pick up either or, Kevin. You yeah. going with the Chelsea guy or the Arsenal guy? I'm going with Alexis. Uh, <laughs> this is just an insane thing. I was looking at uh, key passes earlier. Do you know Alexis Sanchez has the most key passes in the Premier League right now? Despite wow. the fact that he didn't even start, what was it, the first four matches of the season, I think? Yeah, three and a, I think he played like three and a half full games. Yeah, just that's just absolutely bonkers that yeah. he's already leading the league. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm leading Alexis. It's not to say that Hazard won't have his moments throughout the season, but mm-hmm. we've seen over the last few years, Hazard is not a set-and-forget kind of player. Alexis mm-hmm. is. Yeah, um, and, and And the fact that he's already showing like this and a statistic like this mm-hmm. is just like further proof of like, as soon as he's playing, he's back. Like we've seen this, um, even when he's been dealing with injuries, which hopefully he doesn't get tonight, as you said. Um, <clears throat> but you know, anytime it's fifty-fifty, if he'll play, he plays, mm-hmm. and he doesn't play worse. If he plays at all, he plays well. Um, and I, I just love that about uh, Alexis. So I, I'd, I'd have to go with him. Obviously, price is a factor. If you can't climb all the way up to Alexis. Maybe maybe do the Hazard thing, but like currently right now, I still have McTarian in my team, and I'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, mm. But if it wasn't worth it to me to shift off just to Hazard, I'd rather wait than shift up to Alexis. Yeah, uh, personally. Yeah. yeah, my my uh, interpretation of this is: if you can't afford an Alexis, you drive a Toyota, which is in Hazard. Because mm. essentially they're the same car. But yeah, just one's 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 more expensive. Um. Okay, I got one more for you. Last one. This one's kind of a future. This is into the future, Kevin. Uh-huh. Um, we don't really always look down the road a little bit. You know, there is an international break in yeah. one month from now. But the schedule starts to get interesting around week 13 of the season. There are games uh, week 13 on the weekend. Then there are games Tuesday, Wednesday for week 14. And then there's another set on week 15 on the weekend again. Mm-hmm. At what point are you advising fantasy owners to look at that, those three games to start setting up yourself for that roster. I know it's not this week. I'm just telling people, you know, there is an international break in between. But yeah. looking down the road a little bit, you know, say if you still have that wild card in your pocket, or you know, you're staring at your crisps and you're like, oh, those three <laughs> games in a row could be could be crucial. Um, when when are you advising fantasy owners to you know to give give a little eye down the road to see to set themselves up? Well, I feel like you bringing it up now is a pretty good hint that people should start at least thinking about it. Um, more than in previous seasons, I've been trying to plan out my future moves. I know it's been very tough this year because of how many injuries to high-profile players uh, have happened and how initially disappointing a lot of big-name players were, um, which has made it more difficult. When we get to that stretch is where you, you deal with things um, like when you have double game weeks which everybody inherently is very excited for, except sometimes it can cause rotation. Sometimes you see injuries because players are played too much over those quick stretches. Um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, in the next couple of weeks, start looking down the road, um, especially at, at the... It's obviously easier to start with your team, right? It's a much smaller data set because mm-hmm. you just have your guys. Um, look at where those fixtures line up. Specifically, I'd recommend looking at uh, your defensive shifts, 
and just make sure you have at least three defenders with decent matchups every week. And if you don't, start looking at teams that do uh, partner well with the the players you expect to want to keep by then. Um, that's really the the main one because uh, you, I'm sure people listening to this have heard us say it before. With with the blue chip guys, mm-hmm. even in bad matchups, you're typically starting them anyway. Matchups really only decide your fourth midfielder or your third forward. Um, so the defense is really where I think your focus should go. So if if you're looking ahead and you see like some weeks you only have two defenders with good matchups or some weeks you only have one, that's when you really should should think about maybe switching out players uh, with long-term benefits. And and you can do it, and I think this is why you bring it up, you can do it before you get there mm-hmm. to make sure you're okay when that starts um, instead of always having to be reactionary, which forces your moves, which in the long term costs you money. It costs you those point ones all over the place because if you're a week late on a player, it's already gone up. It just allows you to be a little more proactive than reactive, which is obviously of benefit. Yeah, I, I I think the best time to look at this is that week of the international, the next international break, because mm. they're done then after that for basically a, a little while. So you can set yourself up with that that roster. And I think you're bringing up the start in the back of your team because most of your fantasy assets are staple guys that you're never going to bench through the midfield and through the forward. You're basically going to have you know six key items there. You're going to have the David Silvers. You're going to have the Ericsons. You're going to have the McTarians. You know, you're going to have the guys who are fantasy studs in the midfield and the forwards. Those guys probably won't change. It's the guys on the ancillary, on defense, and your fourth midfielder, your third forward, that are the guys that you need to figure out in that stretch of games, week 13, 14, and 15, that will rotate well enough that you can position yourself and line themselves up to better you know, coordinate your lineup, especially with your third and fourth defenders. Yeah. I wouldn't so much worry about a fifth defender there. Because if you get to a fifth defender there, then somebody is hurt and you probably deserve to have a fifth defender that is useless because you basically have stolen your stolen the money from there to to augment your offensive parts. Mm. So basically you just need you know three pieces, four maybe, to, to line up correctly. Your third and fourth defender, your fifth midfielder, or your fourth midfielder, and your third striker. Yep. Those are the only guys that you really need to, to attack. So after the international break – in, in, in November, there are three weeks to set yourself up for that three-week period. Plus, you get the, a, a free transfer every one of those weeks. So you basically get four transfers after that first, you know, come counting that first week of games where it's quick, quick return, quick return, quick return. So you can have basically have four transfers to set yourself up for those last two games. So basically, if, if somebody gets hurt, you're basically lining your, you know, lining your pieces up. Mm. But, but uh, it's always good to look forward. We always like it. And... Uh, We'll be we'll be doing this there too. I hope so. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our starts and sits. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And we did it. We're back. Yeah. We, we made yeah. it through the break. Hopefully you made it through the break. Uh, hopefully there was an ad break in there. If not, you just randomly heard a pause and then us talking again. Um, we will move into uh, our starts and sits now, though. Um, for me, up front... This is super uninventive. But have you heard of, of Sir Harold of Kane? Mm-mm. He's this guy. I think he's, what is he, Welsh, English? English. I think he's English. Um, <laughs> he's very expensive. I realize that. Um, but with Aguero and Murata both out and Kane just scoring all the goals he'd like, uh, he seems a very obvious choice. If he isn't an obvious choice for you, it's worth noting. Leads the league in goals and shots on target over the last five matches. And his shot accuracy is outside the top five, which sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing because he has the best shot accuracy percentage over the last three seasons, which is when he's been actually playing. Um, And so you would assume that over time that will come back to neutral, which means even though he has been scoring braces left and right, he still has a few goals to go before catching up with his career average. Uh, also, I know you weren't really that high on the Sturridge train, 
um, is currently top five in shots on target over the last five matches, playing considerably fewer minutes than those ahead of him. Obviously, Manchester United, not the week to do it, but I do think he'll get the start up front. I think it'll be important to watch that match. I mean, A, it's a pretty, you know, blue chippy match, but keep an eye on Sturridge. If he impresses in this one against the defense like Manchester United's, could be promising looking forward to the coming weeks after that. Uh, in midfield, he was my guy last week. Jordan Shakiri got the assist. Uh, but should be in line to get both more goals and assists as he's the only player in the top 10 of both shots on target and chances created, which is what people think Mkhitaryan is. And to be fair, that's how Mkhitaryan started the year. But now it's all on uh, Shakiri. Unfortunately, he does have a little bit of that like Redmonditis mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter sometimes how good he is if nobody's putting the ball in the net. But like a that's tree, what a tree falling in the woods <laughs> does it count as a chance created. Um, uh, but as I said, it is also shots on target. So there's, it's just as likely that he'll just score those goals as him setting them up for other people. If you're scared of the city defense, which you have every right to be, as we were talking earlier, level with Manchester United uh, as the best defense in the Premier League right now, that's fine. After the city match, they won't face a top 10 defense for the next five matches. So. Uh, again, if you want to use this as a barometer week, that's fine. I'm buying in now. While he's 5.9, I assume he will be 6.0 by the next time you hear from us. Um, <clears throat> in defense, usually I just rattle off teams, steal Rob's guys, and then move on with my life. <laughs> but this week I wanted to get a little into it because I came across an interesting statistic while looking at those uh, key passes I mentioned earlier. Um, <clears throat> on the whole... Uh, we did a, a big episode where we talked about Burnley on the last episode of the EPL Roundtable, so check that out if it interests you on the whole. Here specifically, I'm going to talk about fantasy super stud Stephen Ward. Uh, what? <laughs> a lot of people may be saying. Uh, yeah, he, it's because of key passes, though. Here we go. So leading the league in key passes in order. Alexis Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, Stephen Ward... Tadic, Sigurdsson, Eriksson, Della Ali, Baines, and Bellerin. So, you know, all those names around Ward before you get to that Baines and Bellerin part are all strikers or creative midfielders. And Stephen Ward is just hanging out there with that many key passes, which is nuts. Burnley, three clean sheets in the last five, which has been even more impressive because it's been since Pope came in. Got himself a nice contract, by the way, so congratulations to him. I assume they released White Smoke when they gave him the contract. Not sure how many people got that joke, but I hope they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and he's only owned around 8%, which is crazy low, especially considering how favorable Burnley's uh, schedule is. Because one of the reasons they're so of note lately is they've already played Chelsea. They've already played Tottenham. They've already played Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have City in two or three weeks. But other than that, it is pretty much clear sailing until around Christmas when they have Tottenham and Manchester United back-to-back. So even though Ward is all the way up here, that... It feels kind of outliery, but he did it against tougher teams than the ones he's about to face. So I'm I'm fully on board with Stephen Ward at just 4.6. Already has a little blue fancy star next to his name. Um, I think he's a person that a lot of people need to start looking to. I'll, g- I'll give you also another interesting uh, factoid about Stephen Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, the official game, if you go by like how you can sort the players when you're on the transfer window, mm-hmm. if you go to they have a value uh where is it? Value. Where'd it go? <laughs> they have a value. Just trust me. Okay. <laughs> they have, I believe, it, yeah, it's a value. Where is it? Yeah, it's definitely a value. Yeah, value the, season uh, or value form. Yeah. So basically, according to the official game's metric of scoring, Stephen Ward is the highest return on dollar investment in the official game to date. Yeah. He, he started the season at 4.5. And he's returned 4.6 over his investment. So he's returning you basically the, the price of a 9.1 player. Wow. Didn't even know that. Look at that. So yeah, Stephen cool. Ward, be about it. Don't talk about it, be about it. That's what cool. I say. Did bring him in personally myself because I couldn't talk this much about him. And not <laughs> also of note, I don't trust Southampton right now. I don't know how you feel, Rob. But Cedric could be interesting. Cheaper than uh, Van Dyke and... I almost said Charlie Daniels, and uh, Ryan Bertrand, uh, and leads the league in crosses from the right flank, even though he's a defender. So if you think they're going to turn things around, he could be an interesting guy. Hopefully I stole one of yours at the death there. (laughs) No, you did (laughs) Who do you have as your starts and sets? 
Uh, starting on defense, um, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick it with uh, the guy doing the most crosses and eventually getting on the end of the tally sheet. Uh, I'll go with Aaron Cresswell with West Ham. Yeah. Uh, I know you said Burnley, you know, for the defense, but you know, I think matchup wise, this game is gonna be zeros. I think it, it could be a zero-zero match, and and I think both teams would be completely happy with that. Uh, Aaron Cresswell leads, still leads the league in crosses as a, a wide defender. Uh, one of these games, he's gonna luck onto the of a header or you know, you know, do something that accumulates some kind of fantasy points. At 5.0, he's not a, a, a an all-time investment, but he's a minimal invest minimal investment compared to some of the prices that are being thrown around for the bigger clubs. Um, you know, so the other defenses I like this this week. I don't completely trust Southampton, but I could see them send blanking. That's another game that looks like a zero fest. You know, them with Newcastle, uh, Spurs, and Chelsea, obviously. Um, through the midfield, listen, now's the time to analyze your roster and are you really in love with Henrik Victorian? Are you really in love with Christian Eriksen? I think now is the time to make that decision to go buy Alexis Sanchez. Mm. Now is the time to buy Alexis Sanchez. I know he's coming off of the international break where he may be a little bit tired. He does have a game you know, tonight or yesterday if you're listening to it, um, but at 11.9, Alexis is never going to be any cheaper than this. I said this. I said the same statement a couple weeks ago with Virgil Van Dyke when he was. He's still five dot four, but his price is probably going to go up before game time. And we saw what game Virgil Van Dyke played. Yes, he didn't get the the FPL returns that you want to see. I believe he only got two points. But if you look at the draft scoring and the DFS scoring that he had, he had like eighteen points in that game because he was mm-hmm. basically all over the map and basically was the man of the match for defenders. And they, I believe, they just tied the game. So you know. This is the cheapest Alexis is going to be. He's 11.9. He's only owned in like 2.5% of leagues. That Those are the lowest numbers it's going to be all year. This is the time where I wanted to touch on this in the, in the questions, but you know, I kind of I bypassed it over for other questions that maybe mm. were more pertinent. But I think now is the time to, with Aguero out, with Lukaku's ownership just completely way out of control still in the f- mid-50s, um, is it really time to, get, to continue with the power three or – do you go with a power two and a and a you know and a, a good point and a good point guard in in the midfield with Alexis Sanchez being eleven dot nine? There's no way to have a power three and Alexis Sanchez. There's just no way to do it. Um, I don't think if you you could feasibly do it and, and actually have and end up with a decent team. Yeah, yeah, decent team where where you're possible. Well, you so, just have punts at like three yeah, midfield positions. You'd, you'd you'd have two two midfield punts and two mid two defensive punts, and that's just awful strategy. You're not. I don't even think you could do it then. I think you'd have to have three punts in midfield yeah. because you need to save so much, so much of the the quan. Um, but I think now is the time to buy Alexis Sanchez. Their next their next couple fixtures are are comfortable enough that you can rely on at Watford, at Everton, home to Swansea. Um, no breaks. Um, you know they. I believe there's the champ. They play a Europa game in there, but he probably he may sit, may play. Who it doesn't matter. Alexis Sanchez is never going to be any cheaper. That's the point I'm trying to nail across here. So. Go get him now. Be first on your block to own Alexis, and you could flaunt it all over. Uh, on to my forward. Um, I'm sticking with Jamie Vardy. I know I've said him a couple times in, in the past couple weeks. Um, but listen, Lester, I, I still like Jamie Vardy because his fixtures are still in Jamie Vardy's and Lester's favor. They're home to West Brom. They're at Swansea. They're home to Everton, and they're at Stoke. Swansea hasn't kept a clean sheet all year at home. So we'll just bypass that and go right into my sits, my stuff, my sits, because it's Federico Fernandez. Because Swansea still hasn't kept a clean sheet at home. But going back <laughs> to Jamie Vardy, West Brom, Swansea, Everton, at Stoke. Those are the next four games. Leicester doesn't play any other fixtures besides these games. Jamie Vardy at eight point six currently is still a bargain. He is the guy that if you want to match up with a power guy. You want to match him up with Lukaku. You want to match him up with Jesus. You want to match him up with Lacazette. You want to match him up with Kane. Pick one of those four. Match him up with Vardy. Pick a punt and go get Alexis in the midfield. If you have two free transfers, cool. It's easier. If you don't have two free transfers, well, it's going to cost you points to get there. But Or if you have a wild card, you could do it that way. But I think that Jamie Vardy is the perfect complementary forward for the next four weeks to any one of the big-name strikers that you feel fit to, to roster. Mm. So going on to my sits, I already mentioned it's Frederico Fernandez. Swansea hasn't clipped a clean sheet at home. Avoid the Swans this week. Midfield, I am punting Henrik Mkhitaryan. I think the time for him is gone. I think that 
losing Fellaini is going to take away a little bit of the United midfield, and it's going to take a game or two for Herrera or you know Carrick or whoever they decide to put in there to to mold together. And I think McTarian has been is trending downwards anyway. I know his ownership has has dictated that a little bit. He's gone down almost I think the last two weeks because of of returns. So I mean, listen, you want good you want returns at 8.5 you can't just sit there and wait for him and be like okay this is the week okay this is the week okay this is the week you're basically out of your starting roster 8.5 is almost 10 percent of your startable roster because of the four bench spots you want 10 percent of your roster being useless no henrik Torian is a sell my other sell my forward roberto firmino i am so limbo low on bobby digital right now i can't even tell you the loss of Mane <laughs> just completely just nukes roberto firmino now watch, he's probably going to come out and score, and that's fantastic because if anybody's listened to this podcast before, I love me some Bobby Digital. <laughs> I love him. I love him. 8.5 price, 21.6% owned. That is a crazy high amount for a guy who hasn't done anything since week three. Yeah. Kevin, I am kicking it to you for your sake. <laughs> yeah, the, the Firmino thing I think is such an interesting one because obviously he's been a huge disappointment as a forward, and that was – one of the arguments for why he'd be so valuable this year mm-hmm. um, is because starting at the front of a team that currently has... He looked like has, such a bargain. He looked yeah, like such a bargain. He is, he and they that. currently lead the league in chances created. Liverpool do. So mm-hmm. in theory, he should have been better. But he was really good last year at times from the wing because there's reduced pressure. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance he ends up being more valuable in his actual position. But <laughs> agree with you that... it. it in theory, it's a bad one, and this is not the week to play that game, especially against United. But, you know, just just kind of keep an eye on him because it, it may seem counterintuitive that he has more value being not a striker, especially listed as a forward. But you may start at least seeing those returns a little bit more and more. But um, for me, uh, for Sitz, um, up front, I'm going to go with... Uh, actually, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm just going to cop out of this. I'm going to be honest, because I have somebody listed. It feels a little harsh. It felt a little forced when I was doing it. So there, there well, now, been, now we want to know who it is. <laughs> no, nah, don't worry about it. There okay. have been so many injuries at this position. I'm kind of fine with just using any of the players you still have, waiting to see what happens. Like, like I said, Aguero's already back in like training. Like, What if he comes back by next week and you've already forced off a player just to bring somebody? Like, Maybe use your fifth midfielder this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a super cop out. But but genuinely, like, don't don't feel forced into a move. I mean, even Chelsea are saying Morata could just be a week or two. Like, I don't know. This is this is a weird moment for me on the show, because I usually kind of stick to my notes. But um yeah. Just, now, now I now I want to inquiring minds. I want to know who you were gonna you were do, gonna bash. Do you? <laughs> well it was gonna be either Jesus or Firmino. I had them both written down, but that that look feels here. harsh. Trash Firmino. Look at look at Liverpool's upcoming upcoming schedules here. Yeah. I know Liverpool is going to score goals, but look at their upcoming fixtures: United, Spurs, Huddersfield, West Ham, which has been playing better at home and defensively, Southampton, and Chelsea. Those are their next six fixtures. Uh, four of those good. are top five defenses. Yeah. And and Hutter and Huddersfield is just outside of that. No, Huddersfield's in it. I mean, I'm sorry, West Ham. West Ham is yeah. just on the outside of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the next six fixtures. Those are not easy fixtures. With and they have three uh, Champions League games during that stretch, yeah. and they're without and Sadio no Mane for all of them. Yeah. Ooh. All right, fine. You talk me into it. Screw for me now. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> um, in midfield, uh, you you took mine, but it's fine because I do it to you constantly. Um, yeah, Mectarian not showing up in either creative or shooting metrics anymore. Um. Instincts, again, this is like an instinct versus stats thing. Mm-hmm. In theory, he should not struggle against Liverpool's defense, which is just not good uh, at the end of the day. Um, if it's Alberto Moreno, he gets forward a lot, which should open the, the door a lot for McTarian. Uh If it's James Milner, McTarian's pace will obviously undo him. Um, but man, yeah, I agree with you. I just ha- I don't have a great feeling about him. But like I said, I was fine hanging on to McTarian this week. Because the matchup in theory is fine, and it gives me one more week to see on Alexis versus Hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're somebody else and and you're wanting to shift off of him, you know, feel free because it isn't very uh, encouraging. Um, in defense, 
it's West Brom. You mentioned how much you like Jamie Vardy. He is still in my team as well. Uh, West Brom just are doing that annoying West Brom thing again, where it looks like they're going to be fine throughout matches and then just blow it at the end, which is really disappointing. They had two clean sheets the first two weeks, only one since then. Uh, and it was against West Ham in a super interesting nil-nil draw. Um, that was so sarcastic <laughs> for those that can't pick up those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, anybody that still has these West Brom guys, like Hagazi is still owned in 26.1% of teams. He's 0.3 more expensive than Ward, who we, you know, waxed poetic about earlier. Just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Just stop that. It's, it's, and, but, and, it's and by the way, you ever, you ever looked at, you ever looked up Hagazi on a spelling? Some places spell his name with a, with a Y. Some yeah. places spell with an I. Yeah, it's really interesting, the Hagazi thing. He, he's listed as an I, I think, on the official one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's a Y for goal, and I think for Opta as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Also, uh, basically just roll with Opta. Whatever they say, just, just, just accept it into your heart and move on. Um, all right, so uh, on to our teams. I made a double move uh, this week because I, I had been one of those Aguero holders on. Um, needed to climb my way up to Kane. I had 1.2 left in the bank and couldn't do it, which is annoying. But the way I got there is I brought in Ward in defense. Mm-hmm. I dropped down from Bertrand, who had been doing very little for me, although, as we said, the matchup's going to get a little bit better for Southampton. Uh, but Burnley's not bad uh, by any stretch. So I did a, I did a double shift uh, of uh, injured Aguero and a meh Bertrand for a uh, ooh, Harry Kane and a ooh, Stephen Ward. Yeah, I love I love it when moves work out that way, and you're like, yes, I'm acquiring a guy that has a blue circle, you know, a star. Yeah. Oh, and I have zero point zero in the bank now. Like it only worked perfectly, which yeah. in theory is bad because you want to have a little bit left over in your transfer. But for it to have worked perfectly, it's like uh, getting the gas pump to stop at evens. Exactly. It's like, yeah. yeah, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to. I didn't have to worry about doing Stephen Ward because I already owned him for three weeks. But um. Ooh. Yeah, my, ooh, you, hear that, you hear that noise? It's me patting myself on the back. Um, so my move was I did it two weeks two weeks ago. As soon as Murata came out of the game, I went from Murata to to Jesus based on the Aguero uh, injury. Mm-hmm. So that, that is my move. Um, you know, my team has a couple flags right now. Phil Jones has a flag. Uh, Matt Ritchie has a flag. Um, I, I wouldn't need either of those guys to to play to form to form a team, but they they would sure help if they did play, um, you know. Interesting enough, Lukaku lost his today. So if anybody yeah. pays attention to those little, you know, the stop signs or the exclamation points, uh, Lukaku lost his. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if I need to make another move, if the news on Friday is not conducive for me believing that Phil Jones or Matt Ritchie will play, then uh, I could make it either move it me move that way. Um, I have 0.7 in the bank, so I can pretty much go anywhere on defense. And if I wanted to move down in, in midfield, I could do that as well. Um, I'm happy with my team right now. I have Fabianski and Elliott in goal. Uh, Karen Clark, Dave, Ben Davis, Jones, Ward, Fernandez on, on defense. Yes, I said Fernandez. Hmm. Uh, Matt Ritchie, David Silva, Erickson, uh, Punt, Andy King, and McTarian in, in midfield. Uh, Jamie Vardy, Jesus, and Lukaku up top. Uh, I, would love to, I would love to change Lukaku to Kane. Um, but it would cost me McTarian to somewhere like somewhere in the Shakiri range to make it probably make it make sense because mm-hmm. there's nobody in that you know I said it a couple weeks ago if anybody was paying attention there really isn't anybody you know about below Raheem Sterling at 7.9 to that 6.0 point price point that you really can trust as a midfielder that you're like all right he's going to give me consistent enough returns at his price to to warrant his you know him going it basically goes from Raheem Sterling to Richarlison. Is, is the gap is basically what it is, yeah. which is sad, which is a sad state of affairs in midfield, because if you look at some of the names that are involved in that price point, it's, it's not, it's not pretty at all. You know, Aaron Ramsey, um, you know, maybe, maybe if you trust in Anthony Martial, don't, um, but the, the names there are just not fantasy conducive yeah. to, uh, but it, but it's funny. You want to know something funny, Kev? I, yeah. uh, I saw an interesting stat on Anthony Martial compared to Eden Hazard. Oh, since since 2015-16, when they basically premiered, you know, when Martial came over, um, in a thousand less minutes, Anthony Martial has, I believe, three less goals and four less assists than Eden Hazard does during in 1,000 less minutes. Wow, which is crazy to think about because Hazard is usually associated with, you know, fantasy fantasy goodness. 
Well, but, I think he's so. I think he's always been associated with real life goodness. Yeah, and yeah, then it's good, bled into fantasy. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I mean, uh, he's got fifteen, eight. Martial has eighteen goals and 12, 14 assists in the last since he's premiered in the Premier League. In a thousand less minutes yeah, than Ed Nazar like, does. I think it was three years ago that he came over. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen. <clears throat> yeah, and and it's just crazy. Hazard during that same time. I'm just looking it up. It's bad radio, but I don't hmm. care. Hazard during that time has 21 goals and 13 assists. So it's wow. like I said, it's basically he has uh, Martial has about the same amount of assists and only three less goals in a thousand less minutes than Ed Hazard. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy to think about, stuff. but it's true. Yeah, I I think um a, a big miss for FPL and for me in particular as a Tottenham fan is that the Martial to Tottenham thing never came to light. Because yeah. you add him to that attack, and it just would have been. But then he wouldn't have hung him in Sun. Yeah, but you already can't own Hyung Min Sun because he doesn't force his way into the eleven. But yeah, but then, but then you wouldn't have this love, this unsung love, and this dying love affair behind your, behind everyone, behind everyone's back and my back for Hyung Min Sun. <laughs> True. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So my team, as it'll look this week, uh, Fabianski in goal, uh, Kieran Clark, Zonka, and Ward at the back. Um, <laughs> feeling really confident about that Zonka one. I know people have started shifting off already. I think I lost a point. I think he, I think he got up to four seven at one point. But uh, only one clean sheet out of the last four matches. But up against Swansea with the fewest chances created and shots on target, mm, yeah. feeling a lot better about that. Um, this is just one of those weeks where, like we mentioned earlier, your big guys you just basically roll out every week. Sometimes it's bad, like it was for me last week. Some mm-hmm. weeks it's good, like this week where you have McTiernan against Liverpool, Eriksen against Bournemouth, Silva against Stoke. Uh, this is the last week for Robbie Brady in my team, I think. It, it just depends on what happens with Brady and McTarran. Brady's still sending in crosses. It's just, will somebody they, put them into the back they, of the net? They don't do, it, they don't do enough offensively. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then up front, Kane against Bournemouth, Lukaku against Liverpool, Vardy against West Brom. West Brom love to set up to defend. Vardy loves to face teams that are pressing higher up the pitch. Will be a really interesting one there. For me, captain choice, I brought in Kane up against Bournemouth. Was at that match last year. Uh, at White Hart Lane when Kane scored against them. It, he's just one of those players that feels like he has a good record against Bournemouth uh, yeah. since they came up, and they obviously are not really impressing this year defensively. So, uh, Captain Kane, for me this week, uh, who you got with that C around him, man? Uh, you know, the, the City-Stoke matchup is looking tasty. I don't think Stoke can keep him off the board. I hope mm-hmm. they can't keep him off the board in multiples. I own two, Silva and Jesus. Um you know, it's probably looking like some of them. I don't. I That's think that's interesting. Lukaku, would you Would you rather take the high floor of Silva, knowing he'll probably get an assist, so you might be getting at least eight points, or yeah. would you gamble on the home run ball with uh, Jesus, who has had multiple uh, matches with both a goal and an assist? Well, it's uh, Jesus has a goal or an assist in his last four games played. So I mean, he's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. He just missed he missed a game in there because he didn't play against Crystal Palace. But he does have four uh, four goals and an assist in his last five games total. Um, to, and you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be one of those. I'm going to wait to hear the news to make sure everybody's playing, and then I'll probably make a decision. But it's probably leaning someone from the city. You know, I, I think Lukaku is is probably going to be narrowed down because they're playing Liverpool. People don't like the captain players against bigger bigger teams. Uh, your Kane shout out is great. Uh, I think Ericsson could be a, a small captainal differential there because I think that people are going to much like you just said about David Silva. I think Ericsson pretty much applies and checks all the same boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for an obtuse thing, I mean, I could just go crazy and go Jamie Vardy because I am just on the Jamie Vardy Gatorade, you know, I'm <laughs> dumping it all over my body right now. <laughs> nice. Also, um, on Ericsson, I know you mentioned him in the, is it time to get rid of him? I think he has a little bit more leeway than McTarian. Worth noting, Ericsson, the best shot accuracy percentage with 77%. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, some of those yeah. should start going in. As yeah, the, well. only reason, the only reason you need to get rid of Ericsson is if that... If you can't afford to get up to to uh, Alexis, to like Alexis or Kane, or, or, if you need to or, move yeah, up that Kane, way, or you know, if you have a you have an inkling for Hazard, you know. yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for us today. Rob, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at fpl underscore mnop, or you can find my writings and stylings on rasball.com. Yep, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries, at Kev Rothman on Twitter. You can find my fantasy ratings over at Goal.com under the gaming tab, of course. Uh, we also have DFS shows uh, with Fantrax and VIPBet.com, so be sure to check both of them out. And if you're interested in the Premier League as the whole or uh, the championship, we have both the EPL roundtable and the championship roundtable, so uh, click on those 
you're already near it on iTunes because it's all under the same feed. Um, so if you're interested yeah, in that, don't be lazy. Yeah, don't, don't be, lazy. be lazy. Come on now, what you doing over there, over here? <laughs> and on that weird accent, we will bid you adieu. Good luck on your teams this week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hey.